If you want more Daydreamers content, get your fantasy questions answered, then head over to our Twitch, twitch.com slash daydreamermedia, click the notification bell, and never miss when we go live. Welcome in to the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. I am JJ. You guys can follow me on Twitter at JJ Daydreamers. With me today, I have Rocco. Ryan, how you doing? What's up, guys? R-O-K-K-O Daydreamer. And Keone is here. Oh, my goodness. Hello, everybody. It is great to be here again in your presence and your Ether filling me up to do a great another episode of the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast where we discuss things that potentially have been on the Twitter where I have added to that conversation from my account called Daydreamer Keone. And I got a quick question for you guys. At what point do you draft each position? Are you looking for running back always in the first round? You're looking for wide receiver? You're looking to go uh, running back, wide receiver, running back. Do you guys have strategy going into your drafts on what position to take where? So for me, um, I tend to, obviously it depends on your position, like where you're drafting from, um, because, you know, those top, those top tier running backs, like one through four um, are going to go in those first four positions. And then, you know, I think middle, of the middle of that first round, I can see where those top wide receivers are getting taken that, excuse me, those tier one guys. Um, but for me personally, um, mock drafts really help. So definitely take advantage of mock drafts because they're free on any site that you use. Um, we have mock draft Mondays, um, where we've been doing them. So you can head out, you can see those on our Twitch, but anyways, uh, I tend to go with running back first, unless it's like a league that really favors, you know, wide receivers and catching um, and targets and receptions and stuff. But for the most part, I go running back and then usually a wide receiver and then um, probably a running back again. But you never know. Like, it depends on how your draft mates are are playing as well, because you might sneak in a a quarterback there, one of those tier one quarterbacks within those first three rounds if you want to stack. So that's definitely a strategy. Um, If you get a good top wide receiver and you're like, Hey, they also play on a team with one of those tier one quarterbacks. Maybe you go for a stack and you're set. Uh, So yeah, that's just me. Yeah. uh, I go into drafts with not a lot of strategy thinking about what position I'm going to draft where I just want to draft the best player available a majority of the draft uh, guys with a lot of upside in the later rounds in the beginning, I am giving a little bit of an edge to the running back because of the position scarcity there. So I am a little more likely to go running back in the first couple rounds, but if there's a better wide receiver there, I'm, I'm going to take the better wide receiver. Um, And then I tend to wait on quarterbacks and tight ends as, as long as I can. but, you know, somewhere right around the 8th, ninth, 10th round, uh, maybe even the 11th round, I'll take probably both quarterback and tight end there in that, in that range. 
Uh, for me, uh, this like this year in general, if I get the back mm, seven through 12, I'm realizing I'm going pretty wide receiver heavy. I like talent in that range. The first four picks, I'm pretty much a lock to get a running back. Um, I'll see how the tier two running backs go. I do have like a once I get to my running back 16 in that range, I do get a little freaked out. So like James Conner is like my cutoff point tight end tier one guys third round. Um, I'll start looking like the Mark Andrews, the Kelsey, the Pitts, um, and then I'll fall back um, into like the six or six to nine range for the tier two guys. QB. Um, I'm looking for a couple guys specifically Jalen Hurts sixth round, and then Tom Brady or Trey Lance. Ninth to tenth round. What about what about just as a as a general for every single season? What can they live by, Ryan? What do you, what do you usually do instead of going so specific into this year? If you're a brand new fantasy person, uh, generalize it for us. A um, what is it called? Probably go. Something is lagging. I'm sorry. Something is lagging super hard for me. I can't tell if you guys are talking or not. One second. Well, while Ryan figures that, um, configures that, um, I just have to yeah reiterate. Um, you can typically wait on QBs and tight ends for the most part. I mean, those are, those are deep enough to where you're not going to have to like reach for them early, early. Um, so, I mean, obvious and some people will get those, tier one guys early in those first few rounds, but you can wait. Yeah, if you feel it, if you feel it in your gut and you're like, Oh, I really want Patrick Mahomes in this fifth round. Go ahead. It's all, it's all about your feeling what you, what you want to do, uh, how you want to construct your team. Yes. But I know. Yeah, I agree with JJ, but getting the best guy kind of at the spot is probably just the best way to go um, regardless of position, but securing those running backs early is probably a safe bet. It's, it's just a little more scarce of a position. And if mm-hmm. you want to know who is the next best guy at each position, go ahead and head over, over to our website, fantasydaydreamers.com, And you guys can find all of our rankings there. Uh, and if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and take a second, follow, subscribe, wherever, whatever it's called, wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Tell your friends where you're getting the greatest fantasy football advice as we head into the season. We're going to start dropping two episodes a week in season. So make sure you don't miss anything. Let's get into some news. All right. Uh, <laughs> now let's get serious because this is actually really sad news. Commander's rookie running back Brian Robinson was shot multiple times, uh, but is in s- stable condition. Uh, I heard he was shot in the knee, so uh, it looks like he's going to make the team. But who? There's there's no timetable on when he's going to return now. He was taking a lot of work from Antonio Gibson there for the commanders. Uh, does this move Antonio Gibson up your guys' rankings any? I think a few spots. Um, I think he moves Antonio Gibson up a few spots, even though we've talked about them not utilizing him to how he should be used. But also, I think Brian Robinson went to the facility 
And so he's, I think, in good spirits. Yeah. I, I, I saw him with a, either a coach or a member of the staff of the commanders. So okay. it, it's, it's, I think he was in the crutches, but still, I believe he's out of the hospital. And so things are looking good. It was not um, fatal or anything like that. So that's great news because that's awful um, if that was the case. But I think he got, he was very fortunate. Um, but yeah, I just a one of those times where kind of life is way more important than football and stuff like that. So outside of fantasy, um, it's great. But yeah, just move up Alan, or Antonio Gibson a little bit, but not just too much. Little, yeah, I agree. Just a little bit. The Seahawks have named Geno Smith their starting quarterback. Uh, so. I think uh, that's that's where it was leaning and where it was heading towards. But yeah. I wouldn't put too much it's not going to make a huge difference i don't think yeah i agree uh panthers have acquired wide receiver lavisca chenault from the jacksonville jaguars again i I don't think this is this is very much news just a trade going down uh however oh what's up i I just want to say they're giving um baker mayfield no excuses Basically, uh, come on. I mean, if they would have went and got a good wide receiver, maybe <laughs> they're giving him no excuses, but you're giving Dang. him Terry, uh, LaVisca should not. It's not, it's not <laughs> a lot to be like, oh, we gave you LaVisca. You should have done more. No, he's not even, you might not even get on the field that much. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. But I mean, just like more, he has more weapons than he did. And so it's like, yeah. I think maybe it's, it's an excuse. I don't know. But I don't know. I don't think they're trying to set him up for failure, or like whatnot. But they're, I think they're trying to facilitate, you know, Baker Mayfield. Like, I think we want to support you. LaVisca Chanel is, at least in Jacksonville, he was a behind the line receiver. You know, he was the jet sweep receiver. He was getting mm-hmm. the screen passes and stuff. I think, if anything, he's going to be there to help Baker Mayfield not have to throw it down the field as much. There you go. But, yeah. Who knows? I, I don't think he's worth anything. In no, 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 no. I, w- I would not draft him. Jimmy Garoppolo restructured his contract to keep him in San Francisco another season. I think this is uh, smart by Jimmy Garoppolo and by the 49ers. So, uh, 100% because it, it helps the cap space, I think. And he doesn't go to Seattle, which was probably, I think, at least the rumors of, of the possibilities. Well, if he, he would have left uh, or if they would have dropped him, he probably he might have gone to Seattle. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um but it, it make this makes him way easier to trade if something comes about, and then if nothing comes about and he leaves next season, they get a uh, a pick in the draft. For him. So uh, good, good for them. Uh, does it worry you that they're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo behind Trey Lance, though? No, I I, th- I think. I mean, if you wanted, we're really looking to get Jimmy Garoppolo, (laughs) then maybe, maybe, but otherwise at a certain point, we really, we expected Trey Lance to be the starting guy. So if you're not behind Trey Lance at this point, you're a bit behind the ball. Um, I think it just helps, you know, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo knows that he's going to be behind Trey Lance, but you know, you never know when his, he might go in for a game if, something happens to Trey Lance or whatever. And that's a solid QB to go in there. Well, that's what I mean is if, if you're Trey Lance or a fantasy manager drafting Trey Lance and Trey Lance doesn't perform in the first three weeks. Now they have someone that can come in immediately and replace. I don't think that's true. I, you don't, you can't listen. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch put their careers 
with Trey Lance by trading three first round picks. So you don't even know if they still even wanted him. There's still rumors going around that they wanted Mac Jones and got talked into Trey Lance. Uh, it doesn't matter. You did it. It's, it's, you were going to get if, fired if, if you, you lose, don't play this man. If you lose the first four games and it's Trey Lance's fault, this is a playoff team. The fans are going to want a playoff quarterback. It doesn't matter. They don't care if, what it is. You can't care what the playoff what the fans want to they be. Are, that's what you just can't. They already did one, so you just I well, I get what you're saying. Just you just can't. You traded three first round you, picks. You it's a forever Jimmy move. Back. You if you back. If, if you are, I mean, maybe if this they do that, then this it, it's a horrible GM fail. And so I, I don't know. I can't. I don't believe that. They ha- they have to be all in. Well, the careers are on the line. To what ex- well, if you go all in with Trey Lance and he is terrible, then your career is on the line either way. You might as well try to turn it around and get Jimmy G in there at some at if, some point. If if they end if up Trey being Lance bad actually- with Trey Lance, you have to be oh, it's develop a developmental year. You might have to take a step back to make a step forward. I mean, the idea is that they are going. They went to the AMC Championship game with Jimmy G is great. But that team shouldn't have won to the NFC Championship game. That team wasn't overall that good. They just, I mean, you're talking about a block punt. Contender. Yeah, but you're talking about a block punt is is block punt touchdown is how they got there. Hey. So, I mean, it's just, I'm not saying it wasn't like Jimmy G threw for three touchdowns in Lambeau. But it's not like it was his first time ever in the playoffs. He made it to the Super Bowl, too. I'm just saying he is an accomplished quarterback in the NFL. He's been there, done that. At some point, that matters. over Trey Lance. I, I, I agree with you that it doesn't matter for quite a long, long time, but if they're losing into week eight and nine because of Trey Lance, you got to, you got to turn a corner eventually. I, I mean, we can move on, but I don't I, yeah, I okay, okay. disagree. All right. Uh, Carolina quarterback, Sam Darnold is expected to miss four to six weeks with an ankle injury. Uh, just the backup there. Not big news for fantasy. Ravens sign running back Kenyon Drake. Do you guys think this matters much? Does he get a, enough work to be fantasy relevant in Baltimore? Um, maybe he might have like his week or two where you know he gets a good amount of of touches. But I think it's still it's still Lamar Jackson and um, J.K. Dobbins backfield essentially. I think for week one, he could steal some touches for week one. He could steal some touches, but because um, I think J.K. Dobbins is going to start off slow. OK, I, I dro- again, I dropped him in my rankings. He was at 20 and now he's at 25 Oh, because I've they've been limiting his practices. They've been limiting his practices still, and they still haven't come out saying that he's mm. going to be full go for week one and that he's even going to play in week one. Uh I'm not drafting Kenyon Drake anywhere. He's new to this team, uh, but he he might get some work there at the beginning of the season. I, I just don't know if he's worth, worth uh, an ad or anything. I mean, this is the same people that played that played Devontae Freeman last exactly. year. Exactly, like, <laughs> got like work, bro. They're willing to play anybody, anyone, <laughs> anyone bro, except for a young rookie. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, the Dolphins cut running back Sony Michelle, and then the Chargers signed Sony Michelle. They have like five running backs now, like five. The Chargers, they had, yeah, they uh, cut Roundtree. Yeah. Oh no! Okay, 
Well, then four. All right. Like, but still. Yeah, I don't. Maybe Sony Michelle gets some goal line work there. Maybe he's the power back. I think this kind of kills that um, Isaiah Spiller. Like, I agree. Hype. Yeah. Hype. Yeah. It's like, all right, well. Isaiah Spiller, I'm, I've already dropped him a lot because he's been injured. And then, mm. yeah, Sony Michelle definitely dropping him. Uh, tight end Darren Waller returned to practice for the Raiders after getting a new agent. So, uh, <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk about him more later in the podcast. Uh, Eagles are sending wide receiver Jalen Rager to the Vikings. I, I don't know if this matters so much. I mean, maybe he works in a little bit, but I think uh, they're just trying to get depth there. The Vikings are at the, the wide receiver position. Yeah. And it's, I think it's more, a more interesting story, you know, seeing like the, he was taking the pick before, you know, in 2020 yeah. and then now they're both on the same team, but in terms of fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, in terms of fantasy, eh, not really. It's like, it's Jefferson Thielen, you know, and so, yeah, yeah, with KJ Osborne. Uh, I mean, maybe he, on waivers. He's the third. I mean, he's the third oh. guy there. Oh, that's my sleeper right there. Oh, not, not my actual sleeper. Rager. But he was he was in the running for sure. I I am of KJ Osborne over Alan Thielen. I like uh, KJ Osborne, but I'm not going that far. Yeah, uh, I've I've tried to be on KJ Osborne before, and it just didn't work out. He's so. a he's a wide receiver three in the NFL. That's what yep. it is. He's gonna he's gonna be boom bust. Yeah, uh, the Texans cut Marlon Mack and then signed him to their practice squad. So what Ryan was talking about, Terry and David, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name from Texans? Damien Pierce. Pierce, yeah, yeah. Damien Pierce is uh, looking like he's going to be the RB1 there. Okay. De- definitely uh, won that spot uh, through the preseason. And uh, yeah, so don't, no need to have Marlon Mack. But how the mighty have fallen. Uh, then last little bit of new, the f- news, the 49ers cut running back Trey Sermon. Uh, I don't know. There was a lot of hype around Trey Sermon for for quite a while and mm. just never took off. I, I also don't I know. know. People were drafting him in the seventh round last year. You remember that? Yeah, I know. It was in the doghouse. Like, <laughs> didn't play a lot. I don't even know if this affects Elijah Mitchell that much. So. No, I don't think so. I think uh, the guy I was talking about, Tyrion Davis Price, I think this helps him out. He's the mm. rookie there in San Francisco. Okay. And you know Shanahan's going to use multiple running backs there, so just trying to figure out which one it is which week. Debo Samuel. <laughs> Let's move on to some sleepers. So, who is going to be a sleeper for you? Someone that uh, you're looking to draft in the later rounds, or you're willing to go up there and draft around a round and a half before their ADP to to make sure you get them. Anyone want to start us off? I can. Sure. So I am going to start with a rookie because I think a lot of rookies have um, potential to be flyers. So like you said, late round guys who, you know, you're not wasting a lot of uh, draft capital on them, but they can provide a lot of upside and a lot of rookie wide receivers tend to be the guys who 
do great runs in the second half of the season. But the guy that I'm picking as my sleeper, I think he can have a good run for a good portion of the season. And that's Chris Olave. I think the Saints have a sneaky good chance of having a really good season this year and potentially maybe even winning the division. Um, I think part of that comes with the addition of Chris Olave opposite Michael Thomas. Although with Michael Thomas, he apparently has a hamstring injury, so we don't know how that's going to affect him. And we know what he's done. We know what he's done when he's been injured um, with the team before. So Chris Olave has a chance to be the wide receiver one um, on this team for a number of games. But I also think that he has the chance, and I've said it in a, a video before of either hot takes or you know long shots of. I think Chris Olave can set, um, I think it would just be very fitting for him to set a lot of uh, Saints rookie records with Michael Thomas being opposite him. Um, and I think he has the chance, you know, Jameis Winston, um, I th- I always, I'm still rooting for the 40 for 40 season. Um, and I think they have a lot of good pieces on that team. And I think Chris, uh, Chris Olave fits well into, into the scheme they have. Um, so yeah, if, if one rookie is going to break uh, this year, why not him? Um, I'll go next because I have another rookie wide receiver as my sleeper, uh, rookie wide receiver coming out of Georgia. George Pickens has been a standout in practices and in preseason. He missed a majority of last season after he tore his ACL in early 2021. Uh, and really this is, this is because the Steelers don't have a lot of, a lot of, uh, targets there. They don't have a lot of people to throw the ball to. Yes, we know Deontay Johnson is going to be the wide receiver one, but the Steelers have been great at drafting wide receivers, and I think they nailed it again with George Pickens. Going at the end of the 11th round of drafts right now, Pickens costs nothing, next to nothing, to take a shot on an upside player. Uh, Like I said, we know Deontay Johnson is going to be the wide receiver one and a target hog. Um, And really, this sleeper could go for Pat Fryermuth. Uh, also the tight end uh, in Pittsburgh. I love the value of Pat Frymuth, uh here uh, this season, but uh, I also really like George Pickens. I expect him to be the wide receiver two on this team shortly into the season. Uh, he, he'll be giving you wide receiver three finishes in fantasy with the possibility of a touchdown every week. I'll take that upside with, with a late round flyer there. Okay. Uh, for me, Dawson Knox, um, Really two reasons here. I think he could break out as a tight end opportunity with Beasley and Sanders gone. There's 184 targets available to spread around. I know Gabe Davis is really good. He's probably going to get the second most targets. But there's definitely a chance, especially because Knox had 71 targets, that he can get to 100 targets. There's, again, 184 available targets in an elite offense. Super pass heavy. Top 10 in every passing category. And the second reason is volume in the red zone. Again, Josh Allen is super pass heavy. Top three in uh, completions, attempts, yards, and touchdowns inside the 20. And Dustin Knox in his 15 games uh, ranks top five in all those categories. Well, in targets, catches, and uh, touchdowns. They're going to keep looking looking for him in the red zone. He's one of his favorite targets. Um, They barely run in there. Knox has a touchdown upside of a t- 
top tight end, let's say 15 touchdowns, even though he's, I don't think he's going to get the 120 targets. And I think that kind of cancels out. I know Keone likes Dalton Schultz Schultz a lot. It's because he's going to be a 120 target guy, but they're not going to score as much as or in this scenario. I don't think the Cowboys are going to score as much as the Bills will. They run a lot in the red zone. And that's why I have a Knox got a Knox ahead of him because of the passing work. Fair enough. We'll just have to stay tuned throughout the season to uh, see who wins our, our bet of Schultz versus Knox. So stay tuned for that season long. Yeah, especially if you want to see Keone go through a table, (laughs) tables, 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 tables. Nah, Ryan's going to be singing uh, some really bad country music. So, Sweet home Alabama. No, that's, that's uh, jokes on you. I love country music. Oh, <laughs> it's the Cowboys jersey. I don't yeah. want to wear. There you go. <laughs> Keone, who's- yeah, okay. I'll go next again. <laughs> or, yeah, I'll go next. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> speaking of the Cowboys, I guess how very fortuitous. Um, my next sleeper is Tony Pollard. So as I said in another episode on uh, Keone's Got Characters uh, about Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott has gotten fewer yards per game each season he has played. He has regressed each season. And last year, he only had 59 yards per game. And he made that up with touchdowns. But I think Tony Pollard showed that he should be involved in the offense. Um, He was a decent portion of it last year, but... I think I think his roles, you know, the gap between them is slowly closing or I should say quickly closing. Um, And I think he's he's gotten more touchdowns on the ground and through the air in each of his three seasons so far. And I think this is the year that he can um, he can get a potentially get a thousand yards on the ground. And he only had two touchdowns last year. There's only like he can I mean, he can go down, but. I think the way he like I expect them to use him and with the amount of effort and and work they're going to give to him in shifting towards a Tony Pollard leading team uh I think he just he just gets more touchdowns. So uh I think he's like last year he was an RB3 and I think he can go into RB2 range this year. So look out for for Tony Pollard who is on the is he's going to be making that push for the RB1 on the team. And I think it might happen. He might position himself by the end of the season. Are you scared that that was called Jones said Jones. that they, they go with Zeke? Like a team goes as Zeke goes. I, I, I don't try. I don't take anything that Jerry Jones says at heart. So, I mean, he's, I, I mean, yeah, like he's, he's probably got to be behind Zeke, you know, cause he's that he's technically still the RB one and he is the RB one on that team. But I think over the course of this season, that's going to shift towards Tony Pollard getting, you know, a, a better portion, if not an equi- equivalent portion of the touches. And I think what he does with those will be more impressive than what Zeke does. Are you saying Pollard finishes over Zeke this season? 
I'm not going to make a bed about it or anything. But no, I, I want you to plant your flag right now. No, 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 no. no. That's what it's selling. Hey, no, no, no. Don't be a pussy bed. now. Plant your flag. Plant your All I'm saying pressure. is, uh, <laughs> all I'm saying is, I think he can make himself a solid RB two. Um, definitely look for him if you not already in um, dynasty leagues. So that's for sure. So there. All that's right. all. That's all I'll say. Uh, my next player is going to be Robert Woods, the team with the most vacated targets in the NFL, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, someone's got to step up and be the receiving leader here. Uh, yes, this team is going to be run first with Derrick Henry coming off his injury last season. I don't think there's going to be as much separation as with AJ Brown, uh, where AJ Brown was clearly the only target there. I think there's. Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to uh, spread the ball around more, but I do think Woods can get close to a hundred targets. And in three of his four years that Robert Woods has gotten a hundred targets, he's finished as a top 20 wide receiver early in the season, especially while Traylon Burks is still finding his footing in the NFL. There's been numerous stories about Burks and how he's not ready or he just doesn't look good. And uh, things just are are wrong for some reason there. Uh, I still have a lot of faith in Traylon Burks, but I think it's going to be slow, slow getting there. And so Robert Woods is going to be Ryan Tannehill's favorite target at the at the start of the season and potentially for the the entire season. Uh, Woods and Nick Westbrook-Akeen have both been running in front of Burks, so I, I really don't worry about Brooks Burks taking over that A.J. Brown role. Uh, I'm, I'm taking my chance with the savvy vet and Robert Woods being Tannehill's favorite target and cracking the top 24 uh, a couple weeks and, and being a top 36 wide receiver over the entire season. He's going as a wide receiver 46 right now uh, around players like uh, Kadarius, Tony, Chase Edmonds, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I would take uh, Robert Woods over all of them. Uh, I, I like having a little bit of upside there, and he's going to be the wide receiver. I, I really, truly believe he'll be the wide receiver one on his team for a majority of the season. And uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll take Robert Woods as a sleeper. All right. For me, Brandon Ayuk is the post height sleeper. Everyone was hyped on him last year. People faded him because he had he was in the doghouse. But after he got in the doghouse, he was on pace for like eleven hundred yards. Uh, he basically had sixty, sorry, sixty three targets, sorry, sixty eight targets, forty three receptions, seven hundred thirty eight yards, and four touchdowns during that span. Again, seventeen game pace, six touchdowns, seventy three receptions, and eleven hundred yards. He was getting good volume. Uh, and let's go with a little bit of narrative here. Him and Trey Lance down in San Diego have the same speed coach. <laughs> They've been working out together since before OTAs. Okay. During training camp, his favorite target, Brent Ayuk. You know why? Because Debo Samuel was working in that contract, doing the hold and not doing team drills. I think this is the year where everyone's fading Brent Ayuk. He's basically the third San Francisco 49er getting drafted um, after, well, fourth after. You know, Debo, Elijah Mitchell, George Kittle. I think he might be the guy who gets the most volume 
in actual passing situations. I think they're going to scheme up touches for Debo. They're going to scheme up touches for George Kittle. But when Trey Lance is in trouble, I think he's looking at Ayuk's way. This is the year I'm t- I'm drafting Brandon Ayuk. All right, let's move on to some busts. Who is someone that you think is going to bust, not return value at their ADP this season? I'll go first. I got running back for the Arizona, uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, Cordero Patterson, coming off his best fantasy season. The 31-year-old running back was super impressive last season, getting 205 touches for over 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns for an RB9 overall finish. But in his eight other seasons, Patterson never saw 100 touches and averaged 388 yards and 2.3 touchdowns. He's never been the sole back on, on a team. He's never even been the lead back on a team until this last season. The Falcons added Damian Williams to give Peterson rest and drafted Tyler Algier, who's a much more between the tackles type runner than Williams and Patterson. I expect that on some third and shorts, some goal line situations to see Algier out there. Um, Places that Atlanta really struggled last year whenever they played Cordero Patterson. Uh, They were bottom, uh, one of the worst teams in the league in red zone rushing attempts and one of the worst uh, teams in the league in third and one attempts. Uh, Patterson has also stated that he wants to be a kick returner as he is tied for the kick return touchdown record and that he will, he's quoted to say he will be out there returning kicks. Um, He'll be the running back one on this team, but I don't expect as much of an explosion and unexpectedness as there was last season with Cordero Patterson. Uh, I think there's going to be a major drop off there and I'm not really wanting to draft a 31 year old running back. Okay, um, for me, it's DK Metcalf. Let's start off with Gino being announced as a starter, like you said earlier, JJ. Uh, That man was horrible during the fucking preseason. 23 for 39, 59% uh, completion percentage, zero touchdowns for 256 yards. This man was fighting for his QB life, like literally fighting for the job. And could not throw a touchdown in preseason. He was like going against second stringers, bruh. Now, let's go to three games last year with Geno. Targets, Lockett, 23. DK, 18. Receptions, Lockett, 16. DK, only 14. Yards, Lockett had 189. DK had 197. So he beats him there. The main difference is that Lockett scored zero touchdowns and DK Metcalf scored three of them. Touchdowns, like we always say, are very, very unreliable, right? I mean, one of DK's touchdowns was a 70-yard touchdown that he just broke. <laughs> it was a whole, like, the, like, this coverage slipped. Like, it wasn't even great. Like, uh, this offense is going to be horrible. Last year, they had horrible passing volume. Literally second in the NFL with the least pass attempts. If you want to go broader, since 2018, they, are, they have the second least pass attempts only trailing the Tennessee Titans. Uh, They drafted another running back in the second round. They are going to be run heavy. They're going to try. uh, They're going to try to win with defense and they're not going to be well. Like they're just, this might be one of those. uh, I'm going to say this, the bears are going to be the worst offense. Like the Seattle Seahawks Seahawks are going to be number two. 
I don't believe in this offense at all. It's going to be super slow. Try to be run heavy. They're going to lose those games. We're like one in three in the games that Gino played. And again, ran, ran the ball a stupid amount. DK is unreliable. He's getting drafted in the fifth round while Tyler Lockett's getting drafted in the ninth round. I don't understand how you could draft DK in the fifth and Lockett had more targets and more receptions in the ninth round. DK is a, I just staying away from him in every draft I can. But even when when the team was so terrible last year, DK Metcalf still managed to finish as the wide receiver 12. In in the three games with Gino or Russ? No, no, overall. Well, yeah, I mean... He had Russell Wilson for the first part of the games. And it was again, touchdown luck. You're talking about, he averaged a touchdown per game. They, that team barely scored over 24 points. It's not going to happen like that again. It's very touchdown lucky. It's very touchdown lucky. But the amount of targets he got and the amount of receptions. But he does it every, every year. <laughs> well, every, the year before he had Russell Wilson. This year is a different offense. Okay. Different quarterback. Gino is, I think, uh, Phil Gates said that him and uh, Drew Locke have combined for one 300-yard game in all their starts. It's, this offense is going to be horrible. All right. So speaking of, I mean, it's not an offense. It's, it's going to be like the opposite of horrible. Um, but a guy who I think will be unreliable as well is Darren Waller. He missed six games last year due to injury and only had two touchdowns on the whole year. And he started off great, you know, very promising, you know, those 19 targets. He had a touchdown in that game over a hundred yards. Like, yes, this is what we like to see. But then he just fell off. He only had one more hundred yard game after that. And like I said, only another touchdown throughout the entire season. Um, He missed all of preseason and most of training camp this year with a hamstring injury. And as JJ said, he just returned this week um, to to practice. That doesn't give me a lot of confidence, um, especially since, um, you know, uh, Derek Carr has a new fancy toy to play with in in Devonte adams it's and i don't imagine it's going to be as this extreme you know like of in toy story when buzz lightyear comes in and all the, the you know the apparel and the the walls and stuff and the bedspread changes to buzz lightyear from woody but i, I mean it's it's going to be i don't i'm not i don't have high hopes for darren waller just because it's been so long that he's played to the level that I think he should pl- um, play at and what we've seen him play at and the injury is really, you know, nagging. And so, I mean, he might end up like, like Wheezy, you know, on the shelf and not like little Wayne, but like the little penguin <laughs> on the shelf. Um, but he had, uh, Derek Carr had great chemistry with Hunter Renfro who really stepped up last year. I don't see him not continuing with that. And, and obviously we know the chemistry he has with Devonte Adams. Um, I see him going in like the fourth round, which I think is a little bit too early since I think guys like Pitts, Goddard, Schultz and Kittle, and even like Ryan might put Knox ahead of him. I, I think all those guys can be, can realistically be ahead of him. Um, I just can't draft draft trust drafting a tight end that early on for him to potentially have two or three good games again. So that's why I think he's a bust for this year. I'd love to be proven wrong, but I'm, I'm has really hesitant on Darren Waller. 
All right, let's move on to everyone's favorite segment. Keone's got characters. So, Keone, what are the chances of Michael Pittman breaking out in 2022? And can you explain it as Mike Tyson? So we're going to give Keone a minute on the clock here to go ahead and uh, get his voice right. Uh, if you guys haven't seen any of these other KGCs, go ahead and head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash daydreammedia, and you guys can catch all of these KGCs where we give Keone a fantasy football topic and a character to explain his opinions and thoughts on that topic. Um, so. Uh, yeah, here we go. Time's winding down for you, Keone. Two, one. All right, Keone. What are the chances of Michael Pittman breaking out in twenty twenty two? It's 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 time. He's a he's a tyrannical tiger, and he's he's gonna eat your kids. Much much like the planets aligning in in Hercules, one of my favorite movies, to unleash the Titans upon Mount Olympus. So shall Michael Pittman be unleashed upon the NFL, rising to the level of a Titan. But but he's a colt. So he's a he's a horse, but he's not a Titan. So don't. Yeah, he's he's got a new QB in in Matty Ice, who I think is objectively better than than Carson Wentz. I he would definitely last maybe around with with me. But Carson Wentz, he would he wouldn't even make it. And. I would, I would eat his kids, not not Maddie Ice. Uh, and then they have they have a lot of great pieces on both sides of the ball, with you know Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor, and even Alec Pierce is uh, the rookie this year. He's got Pierce to the heart of all the defenses, and their defense is great. I think this year's this is the year for the Colts to make an impressive run, and Pittman's breakthrough is 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 going to help, and. With uh, that immensely, you know, Matt Ryan is is going to be great for him. And like I said, Jonathan Taylor is going to help this offense. Just I think they're going to be the top one of the top teams, definitely in their division. Uh, He got close last year. Michael Pittman did with a thousand yards and had one hundred twenty nine targets, 88 receptions, six touchdowns. I think I projecting him to be a borderline wide receiver one. And so I think he has um, a 92.76 chance of breaking out this year. All right. You got any questions for uh, Mike Tyson, right? No, you don't want any other questions because I'm coming at you fast and, and, and furious. You know, they say you never get you don't want to get hit in the mouth. Well, I'm hitting you in the mouth. So you can't answer. You can't ask those questions. Michael Pittman. That's it. I, Break out. I really I just want to say I really like Mike Tyson mysteries. Great show. It's a great Your show. Performance. I, I miss I miss my buddy Noel McDonald, but you know, I, I just I went in a booth and they told me to just talk and I did. And then they turned it into a show. So yeah, it was fun. I like pigeons. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you like what you see, go ahead and head over to our website, fantasydaydreamers.com, where you guys can get all of our content. We got our Instagram, Twitter, YouTube links up there. Um, Patreon, if you have a little extra cash and you guys want to donate to us, it would would be much appreciated. And then Twitch, we go live on Twitch. 
uh, whenever we record these podcasts. So go ahead and head over to our Twitch, twitch.com slash daydreamer media. Click the notification bell and never miss whenever we go live. And remember, you always got to stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. Stay dreaming or I'll bite your ear off.